Want to experience Christ United like never before? Download our app today. You can watch live and previous messages, take sermon notes, get calendar updates, find giving options, and more. Just go to your app store and search Christ United. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on our church, check out ChristIsLove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message. So all to Jesus, I surrender. I surrender all. When you're listening to Caleb or his radio or whatever other worship music outlet you listen to, do you just sing the words or do you really mean what they say? Today I'm here to talk about the orphan and foster care crisis. Now before you think, this is one message that will finally not step on my toes, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page, understanding that obedience is for all of us whether you're being called to bring an orphan or foster child into your home, or it's just crossing the street to talk with a neighbor and make sure that they know the love of Christ this Christmas season. So, will you be brave enough to open your heart to what God has called you to do and obey him and trust him to provide for you no matter what? Let's pray. Welcome, Holy Spirit. We willingly offer you the freedom to move as you see fit. Please stir in our hearts the the desire to not merely be hearers of your word, but doers. Please break our hearts with what breaks yours and render impotent the schemes and snares of the enemy and any who would stand in the way of your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm here to speak today in part because of the beautiful little arrows that I get to raise. You see, I thought I was doing all that God asked me to do for orphans and children in foster care by being a single foster mom while waiting to be found by my future husband (laughs) and by going on orphan care mission trips around the world, sometimes to places I was terrified to go. Then my real test of obedience began during the summer of 2014 when I went on my third international orphan care mission trip. We were traveling to South Africa and came up against some evil spiritual forces trying to prevent us from getting there. Let's just say visiting seven cities in four countries before we ever made it to where we were going was never on the original itinerary. But I thought that it was all because our vacation Bible school program was gonna be so incredible that children were just gonna flock to Jesus in droves and give their hearts and lives to them. But it turned out to be because two orphan South African boys who happened to be best friends were going to meet their forever mamas on our mission team and move to Myrtle Beach. People would often tell me that going on these orphan care mission trips, I was going to bring back a child from one of them. And I would just laugh them off and say, I'm a foster mom. I'm covered on the kid front. Well, I guess the third time's a charm because I connected with Isaiah. His picture right there. (laughs) Um, And I was told that Isaiah had an attachment problem, that he didn't really bond with anyone. So when he ended up repeatedly and hugging and playing with me, it baffled the director of his orphanage. So after that connection and lots of prayer, I came back to the States and began the tedious process of international adoption only to get a call for a foster placement about a month later. Now, this was my fifth foster placement. 
So my home was prepared for the seven-week-old that was entering my care, but my heart certainly wasn't. I um, recently explained to a friend that I'm not super emotional. I don't cry easily, and I'm not overly sentimental. Well, imagine my shock when I found myself so in love with this little girl that I found myself in tears just watching her drink a bottle. What's that all about? So, for the next two years, I raised her as my own, not having any earthly assurances that I would be her forever mama. I had, however, received confirmation in my spirit from the Lord, so I started walking in God's promise that she was mine. I felt so sure that God was delivering my daughter from a bad situation that I even told her adoption caseworker that I'd take one of her brothers if he found himself without a place to go. So here I am thinking, I've got this. I'm going to have a boy and a girl, and life is going to be grand. But God wasn't through with me yet. I learned that while Rhea's two youngest brothers had a confirmed adoption plan in place, her two oldest brothers' adoption plan had fallen through. Well, I'd already been listed as the backup placement for them, so was this to be the new plan that I, a single teacher, fostering a child in the United States while simultaneously adopting a child in South Africa, was to become the mother of four children under the age of five? God's funny like that, you know? My verbatim prayer for years and years and years was, God, I'll adopt as many children as you want me to. Just please, I don't want to be a single mother. So just in case you're not a math whiz, that is four children that I currently am a single mother to. Oh, it's okay though, because y'all didn't know that that moment in my life is actually what inspired that big-eyed, shock-faced emoji, did you? <laughs> this looked nothing like the plan that I had for my life. I was short a husband and a honeymoon in Fiji, after all. <laughs> but it seemed to be where God was leading me. So, I started to panic just a little when God brought this song to my mind that I had been singing so often with such emotion, mind you. Do we have that clip? just said. I felt like God said to me in that moment, did you mean it to me when you sang that song? And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> so what's the problem? I'm even going to let you stay in your own home while you raise these youngins, unless you decide to take them to the beach. Your feet won't even get sandy. 
So I guess I didn't have to cross the hottest desert, but we go to the beach a lot, so we're always sanding. So what all of this reminded me about human nature is that we consistently seek out the easiest and most comfortable existence that we can. Very rarely do we see people trying to make life harder for themselves on purpose. And when we do, we tend to steer clear of those wackadoos. <laughs> but I think the wackadoos have, have something figured out. We are all olives. I see you now. Honey, get your coat. She's one of the wackadoos. <laughs> but really, before you jump up and run out of here, think about this. Olives have inherent value just for being the fruit that they are. Yet if they go through the painful process of being squeezed and broken, their oil is released, which has a much higher value than the fruit itself. If we're willing to move past what we're comfortable with, we can become immeasurably more than what we currently are. Did you know that olive oil was used in biblical times for mundane, everyday tasks such as cooking and lighting lamps, as well as for special ceremonies like anointing kings, priests, and the tabernacle? It represents God's bounty in scripture, and times of judgment were described as a season when the olive oil fails. So even though the process of releasing the oil is painful, it is necessary to release all that the olive can be. Now, not every moment of fostering or adopting is painful, not by far. I mean, just this morning getting ready for church, my son Isaiah treated us all to a dance recital and we were laughing and singing and having a great time. Or every night when we get together and we, we pray and all my kids just pile onto me, it's a beautiful thing. Not every moment is painful, not by far. But you do have to remember that these precious babies are coming from some really hard places sometimes, and they need to be loved and nurtured to reach their potential. Imagine them, if you will, as the potted plant that you let go without watering or pruning or fertilizing for far too long. By looks and rights, it should be dead. But when you pour life-giving water onto it, and I'm talking that John 4:10, you will never thirst again water, and you place it where the sun, S-O-N, can shine on it. Its leaves stop drooping, its full color returns, and that which you thought was dead or too far gone is suddenly thriving and flourishing. What these children need most is the love and care that you may be able to provide them. James chapter 1, verses 22 and 27 say, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Well, here's how you can be a doer of the word and help end the foster and orphan care crisis. Adopt. If you can't adopt, foster. If you can't foster, sponsor. If you can't sponsor, volunteer. If you can't volunteer, donate. And if you can't donate, educate. Now, I recognize that some of you are sitting there thinking, there is no way that God is calling me to adopt or foster. I can't stand kids. <laughs> Just a sidebar on that one. When do we stop viewing children as blessings and begin assigning them the mantle of burden? 
Psalm 127 verses 3 through 5 says that children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. And children born to a young person are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man or woman whose quiver is full. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. Whose quiver is full. Kind of makes you think about that one and done philosophy, right? Maybe have a little more room in your quiver for a few more arrows. Dr. Tony Evans says in Raising Kingdom Kids, children are a blessing, and yet ironically, they are the one blessing that we seek to limit in our lives. Are you limiting God's blessings in your life by saying no to bringing more children into your heart and home? Okay, back to the main idea. Some of you might be thinking, I'd love to foster or adopt, but I'm a sophomore in college or 87 years old, or physically incapable of caring for a child, or a number of other reasons why you're sure that you're not being called to bring an orphan or foster child into your home. There's still a lot of ways that you can meet the needs of vulnerable children. Here are just a few. Adopt. Some of you in this room are being called to do just that. You can ask any of my friends, family, Bible study, mission team, I was scared to adopt my children, not because of who they are, but because it's a big deal to be responsible for how someone grows up and the foundation of their faith. And that's just for one child, and I was taken on four. Just the thought of keeping 128 plus teeth cavity free would keep me up at night. So please don't offer my kids any candy, okay? But God kept reassuring me that this was where he was leading me every single time I asked him to. One great example of this was while having dinner in his foster home. My now son, Victor, looked at me across the table and said, Mama, watch this. Now, his foster mother and I stared dumbfoundedly across the table at each other because this sweet boy had never called anyone Mama not even her. And this was our first real get together. So when, when you ask God for a sign, be expecting one. If the thought of stepping out in faith to adopt a child scares you, that just makes you like every other person that is ever adopted. God is faithful and he will walk every step of your adoption journey with you because adoption is what God does. Just think, we couldn't call ourselves Christians if God didn't have a heart for adoption. Jesus promised not to leave us as orphans in John 14, 18. So if you'd like more information on how you can begin your adoption journey, you can go over to the prayer booth right after this service. But please do not ignore that impetus. Foster. I didn't tell you guys earlier, but I'm the vice president of the Horry County Foster Parents Association. After 11 years of being a foster parent, if you have questions about fostering, um, I either have the answer or I know someone who does. And for those of you that have considered fostering, but you've deduced, I couldn't foster because I would be heartbroken if I had to give them back. I ask you, what is the com most commonly repeated word in that statement? I couldn't foster because I would be heartbroken if I had to give them back. What we fail to see is that it's not about us, not at all. 
It's about the child whose diaper rash has been left unattended for so long that they need to be hospitalized. Or the newborn that has an unexplainable broken wrist. Or the child that has had unspeakable evils perpetrated against them for whatever reason their parent found justifiable. We have a very real enemy of our souls who prowls a lot around like a lion looking for easy prey, according to 1 Peter 5.8. In the past few years, we've heard of situations where a wild dog, a gorilla, and a kangaroo have attacked children. Think for just a moment what a lion would do to a defenseless child. If a child knocked on your door this afternoon, all bloodied with a broken arm, would you just close the door in her face because eventually you'd have to give her back to her family? Or you feel it's someone else's responsibility to take her in? I sincerely hope not. More than likely, you would bring that child in. You would care for her immediate needs and then help her find her way home. That is exactly what fostering is. And for those of you that will see this through to becoming foster parents, let me give you Andrea's guide to fostering the right way. If it doesn't hurt when they leave your home, you're not doing it right. But we're adults, we can handle a little bit of pain. What's important is that when a child is removed from a neglectful or abusive situation, that you get to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus to that child. To care for a vulnerable child in what is undoubtedly one of the scariest and most traumatic experiences of their lives to not only meet their physical needs with food, shelter, and clothing, but what may be the only loving and nurturing stability that they've ever experienced. And isn't it better to allow them to feel loved and adored for a short time rather than not at all? Consider this. If good, even godly people, don't open their hearts and homes as foster parents, who does that leave to care for these children? In case you're not sure of what the answer to that question is, take a look at this. On your side exclusive, a boy found handcuffed to a porch with a dead chicken around his neck, a story all of us have been talking about for years, wants to tell you his story. He is 13 years old. He says he never had a chance to tell a judge what happened. He's adamant he wants his abusers to stay behind bars, though one is already out. Dorian Harper, an ER nurse, and Wanda Sue Larson, a DSS supervisor, pleaded guilty. Harper admitted guilt to six felonies and one misdemeanor, including child abuse and maiming. He received six to ten and a half years in prison. Now, Larson pleaded guilty to two felonies and two misdemeanors, including child abuse and willful failure to discharge duty. She was released for time served after 16 and a half months in jail. The boy, who we're calling Michael, sat down with WBTV's Pamela Escobar to talk about how his life has changed since being rescued and what he would have shown a judge if given the chance. I was kind of sad because he was a good parent sometimes and he had a lot of j time, days in jail, I mean a lot, a lot of months in jail. Michael has also done a lot of time in DSS custody and was elated to find out a few weeks ago he didn't have to go back to his foster home. Prosecutors during Dorian Harper's sentencing said Michael was malnourished and was tortured 
He showed one of his scars. Right here where the scar is, and he did that. Then he put salt on it. Well, first he put water on it, then he put salt on it, and it, to make it start stinging a lot. What? And it stung a lot, and it hurt. He made me bleed. I had a nightmare that Martin Sue came and took me, and I, I was never ever. I wasn't able to ever find my parents again. He says he sleeps better in his own room versus the floor and dirty blankets at Larson and Harper's home. Like, he'd make me scrub the floors with washcloth and the walls, sometimes the walls. Then he'd make me stay up for the rest of the night. Just think about what that does to the heart of God. If you're brokenhearted, it makes sense. If you're angry, it makes sense. Ask God what he wants you to do about it. Because these horrific houses of horror that turn your stomach when you hear about them on the news, that's where these kids go if there's no good place for them to be. So really think about that answer of how sad you would be if you had to give them back. If you can keep them out of that situation, is it worth it? Because if we're not part of the solution, we're part of the problem. Now I know some um, absolutely amazing foster parents, many of which attend this church are, and are in the sanctuary with us right now. However, we need more foster parents, good ones, if the body of Christ steps up for foster children, then the people who foster for the wrong reasons will have less and less opportunities to hurt these vulnerable children. Now, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Foster parenting is quite challenging at times, but that's mostly because parenting is quite challenging at many times. Am I right? Remember, children are a gift from the Lord. Then there's the added concern of all that they might go back to the bad situation and you might have to go to a lot of meetings to, to maintain everything that goes along with foster care. But let me ask you this. On Judgment Day, which situation would you rather experience? That God is pleased with your efforts and attempts to care for some of the world's most vulnerable children, regardless of the outcome, or his utter disappointment that you never stepped out in faith? Because you didn't believe that this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus, like Philippians 4.19 says. Or that God will provide all you need, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. If we really believe that God will provide emotionally, financially, and socially all that we need, to care for our country's most vulnerable children, our daily lives will match what we profess to believe. If you can't foster, maybe you can sponsor. Can you throw one heck of a shindig? Well, there's an awesome crew right here at Christ United that's doing just that on December 20th at the Jingle Jam. Why not help out with that? Or get in touch with Fostering Hope and help them put on one of their carnivals that they put on throughout the year for children in foster care. Or you could sponsor a foster child this Christmas season through the Angel Tree. 
My children have been tremendously blessed by the generosity of anonymous benefactors excuse me, during the holidays. If you'd like to sponsor a child in another country, you can do that through Africa New Life Ministry or the King's Children's Home, the orphanage that my son Isaiah was adopted from, both of which are sponsored through Christ United. Here's just one example of the life-changing work that's being done at the King's Children's Home. Last Christmas Eve, at half past eight at night, we were phoned by the police and we were asked to please come and fetch a little girl that they had found abandoned. When we fetched her, we literally carried her like a sack of potatoes in our arms. She was so dehydrated, she had been found rummaging in the rubbish bins for basic survival and we don't know for how long she had been abandoned before she had been found. But the saddest part of all was that this little girl's face across her cheek and half of her nose and four of her fingers had been eaten off by rats. We bathed her, we cleaned her, we gathered around her and we prayed for her as a family. And we realized that again God puts us in a position like this so that we can be there for children like this little girl who so desperately in her hour of need just needed medical attention, a plate of food, some clothing and some love at Christmas time. So there'll be some pictures of that sweet little girl um, just playing through there. But there are things that are happening around the world to orphans that we can't even fathom because we usually don't see them here in our country. Um, one of the things I learned on our trip to South Africa was that regularly people just dump their children in ditches, in latrine pits. They just leave them on the side of the road. Think about that lion once again and what it might do to a defenseless child. So maybe you couldn't bring an orphan or a foster child into your home, but maybe you would consider sponsoring through Africa New Life Ministries or the King's Children's Home. Maybe you could provide food or a cot or a blanket for a child in need. Volunteer. If you're not able to adopt, foster, or um, sponsor a child, would you consider devoting four to six hours a month as a guardian at Lightum? Guardian at Lightum volunteers get to know the child and everyone involved in the child's life, including family, teachers, doctors, social workers, and others. They gather information about the child and what the child needs. Their recommendations to the court help the judge make an informed decision about each child's future. Guardian at Lightum volunteers provide a stable presence in a child's life, remaining on each case until each child finds a safe and permanent home. We absolutely love our guardian at Lightum and are so grateful for her. She was able to shine the light of Christ into our lives during a very stressful time in our adoption process. Won't you consider filling this crucial role in the life of vulnerable children? And Fostering Hope could always use helping hands if that doesn't work for you. Okay, everyone can get on board with this one, even if you don't fit neatly into one of the other categories. When paring down clothes, furniture, toys, etc. at your house, what do you do with those items? 
Why not take them to Fostering Hope? This phenomenal, phenomenal charitable ministry helps foster parents that get everyone's favorite placement call, the 2 a.m. sibling group where the children escape with nothing but the clothes on their back and a rag doll. Foster parents can call Fostering Hope as soon as they open and they can receive essentials for their foster placement to hold them over for a few days while necessities are squared away. Then, once every quarter, they can go back and they can get appropriate seasonal clothing, toys, and books. But here's the thing. If no one donates, then there's nothing available for these children in need. Educate or advocate. Okay, so none of this is clicking for you, maybe. Maybe you know some folks that would make phenomenal foster parents or adoptive parents. You could tell them about it and then maybe consider coming alongside them and encouraging them and supporting them through the foster care or adoption application process and once their children come home. You see, as a single mom of four, the greatest support that I have is when my family or my life group, they just visit me and their camaraderie relieves my stress like no Xanax ever could. My mother even moved all the way to Myrtle Beach from Pittsburgh just to help out. My life group cleaned and organized my house while I was in Africa adopting Isaiah. So you can come alongside and still help take care of the orphan and foster care crisis. Will you step up to help someone do what you are not feeling called to do? In Matthew 25, verses 31 through 45, Jesus says that when he comes back in his glory, he will sit on his throne surrounded by his angels and separate those that cared for the lost and least among us, whom he called the sheep, from those who didn't, whom he called the goats. We must regularly ask ourselves during our quiet times and throughout each day, if our actions line up with what we know that God has called us to do, if we're doing nothing for the lost and the least among us, we are missing the heart of God. Please remember that the church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. There is no plan B. We're it. If we don't respond to God's promptings and callings in our lives, someone's needs could go unmet. Are you going to remain an olive at 88 cents a jar? Or will you let your oil flow so you can experience all that God has planned for you? Let's pray. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for allowing us to partner with you in the adventure of caring for our planet's most vulnerable children. I pray that the enemy of our souls would not be able to uproot any seeds that you've sown in our hearts today. Please don't let complacency choke out the seeds that you've planted. Let us abandon our comfort zones for your glory in every area of our lives when you ask it of us. Now all glory to you, God, who is able through your mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to you in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. As the worship team, thank you.
Praise God. Praise God. As the worship team comes back up to play I Surrender All once again, we invite you to come to the altar and sincerely pray, asking God how he wants you to respond to what you heard today. The altar is open. Thanks for listening to this podcast by Christ United. If you'd like to respond to today's message, or if you want to share how God is using this ministry in your life, please send us an email to media at christislove.org. Or you can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by following at ChristUnitedMB. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you.